Nyonis. Yes. What would you do if you didn't have to touch the wheel? Oh my goodness. So I actually thought about this before. And so if we are moving towards like this super futuristic version of the transportation industry, um, what I would do is I would create a car that by the minute that I touch the car, the car would actually sense how is my energetic state, meaning that it's going to measure my aura. Mm. And so let's say if my aura, it's sort of like unbalanced, then I would create a car where I go inside of the car and the car is actually going to help my wellness. You are imbalanced in this kind of way of your body. We have this sort of like music. Mm -hmm. We have this color. We have this scent that's going to help your state of mind at the moment. Because if I'm not going to be... A driving i'll be like okay this will be like my mobile wellness meditation center something like that so that's what i would do that's dope wow <laughs> you blew us out the water i don't think we can answer that question now like yeah. i have more questions <laughs> <laughs> Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box podcast. Born at the Lab Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. Welcome, everybody. This is Brian, your host from the Big Idea Box podcast, and I'm here with my other three amazing hosts. Hey. Hey, hey. Hello. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Fantastic. Grateful to be here. Amazing. (laughs) Yes. So today we picked a really big topic. (laughs) (laughs) We picked the biggest possible topic we possibly could have, apparently. Um, We're going to be talking about the future of transportation. Um, So before we picked this one, we didn't know how big it was going to be, how impactful it was going to be. across so many different industries and um, everything from, you know, from insurance and how that is affected to just sort of like morally like, oh my God, which industries am I putting out of business? Um, We're going to be covering a a wide variety of of topics and uh, just going to touch on some information. So some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about in this episode goes from everything from personal transportation to public transportation, Um, the various industries that are being uh, disrupted, not only by um, autonomous vehicles, but uh, electric vehicles and all of the technology in between that goes into uh, furthering the advancement of the future of transportation. Um, We're also going to be talking about some of the large brands out there and what their plans are for the future and how some of these trends might play a role in your own uh, purchases and your own decision making in terms of what you want to own, lease, or even subscribe to. Well, no pressure. No, at all. no pressure. It's a, <laughs> it's a biggie. Well it said. is a biggie. Well said, Brian. And like... Um, like you were discussing, I really feel that it is such a big topic because we're talking about the mobility of almost like 8 billion people in planet Earth and not only people, but also the goods that we consume. So it is a really big topic. It is very challenging. It could get um, also very technical. But with that said, we invite everyone to just enjoy whatever conversation we're going to have because it comes from a very real point of view. Uh, We know that we're not experts on the matter, and we also know that this conversation came from actually talking to one of our members. His name is Q, and he works for Nissan Corporate at a global level. And so just talking to this individual really sparked a lot of curiosity. Our creativity was going crazy. And because of that, we decided to work on this episode. But with that said, we are aware that is a challenging topic, that especially in Miami, this city, it's a whole nother topic. So <laughs> beautiful listeners, just be easy on us, whatever opinion you have. Also, um, keep it to yourself. We can do, 
<laughs> we can do the best. We don't want to hear your criticism. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like honestly, this is like something that is really opinionated, not in a bad way, but it's like this is our opinion. It's touchy. Hopefully, right. you know, it can touch someone's mentality, purpose, goals. If you are maybe somebody that uses transportation, if you are a leader that is in charge of making big decisions, mm -hmm. we really hope that whatever conversation comes out of this helps all of us to really create a better version of the future of transportation. Well said. Nice. Absolutely. That was really good. Thank Absolutely. you. My pleasure. Thank nice. you for that. So, you know, let's get started. Let's dive <laughs> in. We're going feet first. Feet first. <laughs> So, um, like with anything, uh, I usually like to start off with talking about different um, definitions or creating some sort of shared language so that we can all start to take a look at, at the big picture. Mm -hmm. um, one of the words that came up during the research phase was shared economy. Yes. Um, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Google. <laughs> Google.com. Siri, what is shared economy? <laughs> yes. Real facts, yes. So I've definitely realized that talking about the future of transportation is, in an, is part of an umbrella. The umbrella is shared economy. And I would love to define that so that we have a better understanding. So the shared economy is the use of tech to facilitate the exchange access of goods and services between two or more parties, most commonly referred as collaborative economy, peer-to-peer -peer economy, freelancing slash gig economy, crowdfunding slash crowd uh, sourcing, and also co-working slash co-branding. Hey. <laughs> you guys, we're in the shared economy. Shameless Did you know that? <laughs> we made it. Plug, the Lab Miami. We're co-working right now. <laughs> we're co-working right so now. So disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> and we are zoning in on transportation. Now, some of the top um, sharing economy brands are Uber, Lyft, and Diddy, which I've never heard of, but I believe is based in the Northeast. So in New York, I haven't heard of Diddy, but that's another one. It's one of the top. Um, Aside from that, we also want to make sure that we are keeping public transportation in mind because the ones I just mentioned are companies that are privately owned. Um, they are not public. And so they have a big play in affecting um, individuals that are involved in the taxi uh, industry. So people such as that, as we know, Uber was a huge disruptor in transitioning, transitioning us to sharing our cars um, and being able to transport each other faster, easier, um, and more affordable. That's pretty much what shared economy is. Hmm. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. And now it's very interesting because the shared economy, of course, has been a thing for quite some time now. But since consumers have so many options mm -hmm. when it comes to the shared economy, specifically for transportation, you not only have Uber and Lyft, you now have all these more accessible options for just yourself to get around like the scooters which is also an eco-friendly option mm -hmm. so you have different scooter companies uh, uber and lyft have their own which they've launched um, you also have lime you have uh, revel which is an electric moped company bird bolt and these are just in very small vicinities of each other. So you'll go down, for example, in Brickell, which I think is where they're most populated here locally yes. in Miami. You see about 10 different brands of scooters, which each one is asking you to download their app. And um, from there, you'll be able to use it. It's just interesting how oversaturated the market has really become with all these different options mm -hmm. uh, in Wynwood there's actually zoning which does not allow for those brands I just mentioned to be an option for people besides Revel Revel is here which is the electric uh, moped but we actually at the lab have an option for the members of the space and different people in the area called Go X. Mm -hmm. so Anywhere you go, mostly you're going to find an option to either take a scooter or uh, a moped, which is really interesting. So how are Uber and Lyft staying relevant in this new shared economy, which is becoming an oversaturation 
of options. They're switching now to what's known as the subscription economy. Mm. So this is how, for example, Netflix, Spotify, it's sort of the same thing. There's so much oversaturation of Mm -hmm. content and options for people. So how do they get people to stick to their product? They ask them to subscribe. So with Netflix, with Spotify, and now with Uber and Lyft, they're trying to shift the consumer's behavior to subscription-based, which is very interesting um, to think about because what happens when you subscribe to a service such as transportation? How is that going to shift our behavior as consumers and how will that shift industries? If we can have a subscription option as a consumer, instead of having to buy a car, lease a car, how are companies such as Nissan, which we'll talk to Q a little later on, how are they going to shift their mindset to meet the demand of people who want something quick, easy, affordable, and on the fly? Hmm. Mm. That is so interesting that you mentioned that, um, mm-hmm. Rachel, because you 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 talked about the aspect of like how are all of these new companies that are in this share economy model are they going to stay competitive and also how are they going to stay innovative and impactful? So, for example, you mentioned about the scooters and the mopeds. These are powered electrically, right? Uber and Lyft, these are transportation companies that they're still running cars that are running out of gas. So it's like how, how to bring everything together so that way we stay competitive, we stay innovative, we create a positive impact on the environment and i feel like for that there's got to be some sort of like a merge of all of these sectors the private the public Mm -hmm. the the people sector coming together to like really become better informed as of what are these new trends that are going to happen how would these subscription-based models are going to benefit not only the individual's pocket but also the economy at large and the environment at large. Mm I feel like that aspect is really, really important. And maybe this conversation sparks that in someone or some entity that would be willing to, okay, maybe this is something where we actually need to work on in terms of educating people, you know, like how how to merge the three things, how to prepare for when the shift happens from gas operating to electricity operating it's like you know there's so many little gaps that can be worked on also there is um even with uh with the advancement of technology for autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles there's still going to be a little pushback especially considering uh you know all the jobs at stake and all that sort of stuff there's definitely going to be pushback uh to keep um you know, gasoline vehicles around, right? So there are companies out there that are dedicated to retrofitting, um, you know, the the kind of models of cars that you see nowadays to be able to be self-driving. Yes. Um, so, you know, you'd be able to like, uh, they, they would manufacture kits where you could like take in your regular car and have it retrofitted to be, um, self-driving, which mm. um, Uber had actually acquired a company called Auto, which they are an autonomous vehicle tech company that focuses on retrofitting kits um, to turn conventional vehicles into self-driving. Oh wow! Um, so you know yes. they they're not just gonna just gonna let go. You know, as soon as we figure out electric cars and autonomous vehicles and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's definitely such a good piece of information. Yes, because it's like, I wonder how many people know about that. And you people know? are already thinking so far ahead. Yes. Yes. They're yes. already thinking about, okay, what's the trans, the, how are people going to be driving and getting around in 20, 30, 40, 50, yeah, and beyond? Right. So we're thinking about it now, but they've been thinking about this for quite a long time. It's been going on for a long time. Yes. And I feel like the technology, they have it. They're just in the beginning phases of leaking it out yes. to the general consumers. They're trying to slowly like Gen normalize pop. it. The Gen pop. Something to keep in mind, too, is according to TechCrunch, a report that they did, more than um, 
1,400 self-driving vehicles, including cars and trucks, because um, trucking is another big um, part of transportation. Yes. That we're not going to touch on that too much today, really, but just <laughs> want to keep that in mind. Yeah, logistics. That logistics is a big part of this, too. Um, and they want to make those self-driving, which is so scary. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like this, you know, just want to help everyone, like, kind of get comfortable with the information that we're sharing because there is a lot of fear around this too, mm-hmm. to be honest, and that's something I personally feel. But um, these are supposed to be already here as of 2020. Like these self-driving cars and trucks should already be here in this year, estimated. And also, there are companies, auto manufacturers, including Nissan, BMW. We know Tesla's huge on the future um, in terms of what transportation looks like, as well as Mercedes. Um, these are all luxury brands, by the way. Something to keep in mind because we want to talk about affordability as well to the mm-hmm. Gen Pub. Um, these companies are already having self-driving features in their cars and their vehicles. And those complex systems are, are including cameras and sensors, which we already have been dabbling in, like having cameras on the back of our cars or in, on our side view mirrors, something that they've been slowly trying to get us comfortable with. And also self-learning algorithms is something to keep in mind in terms of the technology that's going to be put into these self-driving cars. Just want to mention those. It's good that you mention a company that is a big part of this. Another one is Waymo. They're a company, an Alphabet-owned self-driving tech company. Um, Yes, and they already have been doing research and reports in terms of like self-driven miles and the equivalent of how many years of driving experience that equates to. So it's just really, this is so interesting. It's deep, but putting a lot of things into perspective so that we're all on the same page. Totally. Absolutely. And uh, that that's interesting what you said uh, about like the, the mileage yes. and all that sort of stuff. So the way that um, self-driving cars work is um, that it's, it's machine learning, right? Mm-hmm. So these cars aren't built to just be out there to, to learn or to teach themselves or to, you know, have somebody on the other end on a computer telling you where to go kind of thing. Um, they learn through their fleet. Um, so they're collecting uh, information and constantly sort of updating information, not just from their from their own end as an individual vehicle, but from the whole fleet as well. Um, so a lot of uh, resources go into like, especially when we're talking about large brands, they're not out there, you know, designing one car at a time. They're putting in orders to to order um, entire fleets of these vehicles mm-hmm. because it goes hand in hand. The the machine learning, um, it needs, it, it requires actual mileage in, in the real world, um, which is something that has already started and that they've been collecting a lot of, a lot of data for, but it needs mileage. It needs experience. You know, it's really crazy. The way that Tesla does it is um, they will um, have a version of autopilot on while you know humans are are driving the cars mm. and so then they check their decisions against human um actions right and if the human did something then that, that the machine uh would have done differently then that information is you know the next piece of information that's being closely looked at and it's you know it's it's machine learning and it's so crazy that's so interesting. While I was doing research, um, the aspect of like data privacy came up. Mm. That topic came up, which was very touchy oh, because for it's sure. really about how comfortable we feel about um, being tapped into in that way. Because it's a lot of studying. It's a lot of like literally studying our human behavior and how much data, personal data, we're putting out there, and how much they need in order to better these systems that they want to implement. So, ooh, this is so interesting. And I just want to pose another question. What is the real purpose of Mm. self-driving cars? And why are people investing billions of dollars into this? Why do we want to be self-driving? Don't we want to drive our own cars? Mm. Right. And, oh, okay, that's a super interesting question because, um, you know, let's say if you're actually going to get in a car and you're not going to be driving, then there's going to be so much time that you're going to have free to do things. So... You know, there, there are benefits, of course, there are other consequences. And um, before we continue, I would actually 
sort of like highlight something that I just realized and is the fact that I feel like naturally us humans and like the the, the gen pop, we relayed the future of transportation with cars in general. I feel like the car industry has been a very dominant industry in general. But let's also keep in mind that when we talk about the future of transportation, that also includes, you know, the public transportation in cities, right? It's like right now there is almost 8 billion people in this planet and about 2 billion people own a car as per an article in tech. Uh, crunch so what about the other five billion you know like is the future of transportation also considering how to influence the mobility of the rest of the humans you know here in miami we yes we criticize our transportation system but what about other parts in the planet where they don't even have public transportation how are these people going to get from their home to their schools to their jobs it's like you know it's like i feel like it's a really an opportunity to think in a very and more inclusive way mm-hmm. not just like okay yeah we're talking here about a, a topic of people that can only afford of buying a car Thank a you. flying car or a self-driving car it's like i feel like it's really important that we all understand that mobility is literally a universal need mm-hmm. of every single person it's almost like a human right kind of thing so I wish and I hope that all of these companies that have an influence on this saying are actually thinking on how to become more inclusive. So all of these features of like, you know, you're not going to have to drive a car. You're going to have a subscription based model. You're not going to have to buy a car Mm -hmm. is because they're actually thinking of accessibility. You know, I feel like that is so important. And so hopefully when we get to talk to Q, he's going to give us some insight in terms of like how do actually private companies work with the private sector and what should people learn about these relationships so they can better understand what's their input because you know we're paying taxes and a lot of those taxes are going to the roads so what's happening out there you know just like yeah keep like a lot of things in mind so that way we're not only discussing about oh you know future of transportation is only going to impact the car industry the people that can only afford to get a car it's like no this is really a broad topic and that's why we realize that it's so so transcendental and so challenging you know it's like it's not only about moving people around but also the goods that we consume you know automation happening with for example amazon the drones delivering things automate it's like (laughs) what's gonna happen (laughs) so much it's it's definitely interesting to to think about what is gonna happen when when costs go down in in this uh, in this area you know currently when we're talking about ride sharing Mm -hmm. um between the human being (laughs) the conductor and the actual vehicle that takes up um 75 percent of costs for companies that that do um ride sharing services and stuff like that so by eliminating that then logic follows that um, costs for ride sharing should uh, decrease as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of sounds like and something meaning that a lot of a, people more will be more able to access it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, more more accessible. And, and this this is definitely thinking about it. I feel like it's almost like thinking about it in a vacuum. Like it would be nice to say that, like, okay, that those changes at the very least, it's gonna make it more affordable because we have such issues with uh, public transportation, especially here in Miami, Mm -hmm. um, that we just need to make it way, way more affordable. So is our self-driving cars working towards that? That's such a good question. You know, it's... And it's funny because the, the more research that went into this, it, it, you can always find arguments towards either direction where when we talk about the disruption of different industries, whatever information you look at, it's kind of like, oh, it's going to be really bad because of X, Y, Z. But then if you look at the flip side of that, it's going to be really good because of this, this and that. We'll be right back after this short break. If you're looking for a space to find motivated and inspired individuals for more opportunity, check out The Lab Miami. Our space is the original co-working community located in the heart of the Wynwood Arts District. We believe entrepreneurs, startups, and corporations alike 
need an open and inspiring place to gather, experiment, and foster connections. At The Lab, we offer creative workspace solutions, including co-working, virtual offices, dedicated desks, and full-service private office suites. We're also an event venue for off-site meetings, conferences, workshops, and receptions alongside hosting our own curated events targeted towards entrepreneurs like you. You're invited to learn, act, and build with our innovative community. To get more involved, feel free to pass by for a visit or contact us via email at info at Learn more on our website at www.thelabmiami.com. Why don't we jump into talking about some of the industries uh, at a glance that are going to be disrupted, I think, fairly heavily <laughs> by, um, by technology uh, in the transportation industry, right? Um, so at a glance, uh, what are some of the industries that are being affected, right? We have the auto manufacturers themselves, the people actually building these vehicles. Um, we have the auto insurance, which is something that we're going to be going a little deeper into um, in a little bit. The ride sharing and taxi industry as well, of course. Um, one that for some reason I just really wasn't thinking about too deeply, gas stations, convenience stores, mm. motels, oh. and how all of those things are all also affecting the real estate industry. Oh, man. Wow. That, that yeah, one's you, a heavy. That one's a heavy. Everything's connected. <laughs> everything's so connected. Yeah. Conversation 2.0. As, well as, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> as well as the hotel and airline industry. Um, so at a glance, th those are just some of the some of like the big ones, right? So let's jump into it, right? I'm really excited to talk about that gas station one, so I'm going to start with that. Um, as we move from from um, everybody just driving their own car to um, cars that are just driving you to different locations, we forget to take into consideration um, the gas stations, right? So if you're not behind the wheel, you're also not behind the maintenance and the upkeep. Um, your car is probably driving to go uh, pump gas <laughs> into itself, like in the middle of the night uh, in, in some of these scenarios, you know? Um, so right now we have gas stations that are all located right next to, um, major intersections, mm -hmm. you know, it's for accessibility. So it's very expensive real estate, you know, why? Because that is literally main the main road. Like every, everybody's by there, accessibility, visibility, Right. It's a very it's very expensive on 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 the real estate front. So with gas stations no longer needing to be in these high uh, expense real estate zones, they can then be moved to like a warehouse that is much cheaper out of the way. Um, and and it's going to literally be moving pieces around on on the board, not just for gas stations, but for convenience stores. You know, think about when you're making uh, making road trips and, and stuff like that and just needing to uh, access one of these places that are there just close to the road, just for you kind of thing. Um, these these places are all being uh, heavily affected. This was one of the ones that uh, it was a little confusing because it's like, who knows, maybe convenience stores are, you know, going to become a thing of the past or they might do better than ever kind of thing. Mm. Um, that's just uh, that's just one of the ones where it's kind of like, OK, we, we need a little bit more time. But definitely it wasn't something that I was considering mm. would be affected real estate. Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense. Um, it's like an automated drive through for 7-Eleven, a flying one. Right. Oh, like a levitating 7-Eleven. Oh, my God, like the Jetsons. That. Oh, my God, we're in the future. Like it's really we're literally the future. Yes, and, and Jesus. But that also raises the question, what's going to happen to the people who do not make the switch to driverless? It sounds like they're going to be left out. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's another thing that I feel like it's so important for us to consider as in like everyone and that is okay so what's going to be 
our input, our effort into the transition, right? Because, for example, when Uber Pool was first introduced, the first thing that a lot of people were saying, it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to share with somebody. Like, I'm going to be with a stranger. (laughs) And so, again, it's like lack of education and like lack of really just being able to socialize at another human level. Mm. So it's like, okay, I really want to take this opportunity to ask people what's going to be their part, our part during the transition. Because if we really want to make it sure economy happen, then we probably as well be sharing some things, right? Yes. So how does that look like? And how would that work? Mm-hmm. So important. Mm, absolutely. So that's actually one of the things that um, that I wanted to touch on as well, right? Um, in one of the other industries that's being affected. So ride sharing. You're talking about like the the shared economy and in terms of like mobility. I know one thing that we were joking about anybody that's seen The Office, there's the episode with the work bus. Um, So (laughs) co-working on a bus. That is self-driving itself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which opens up the the question, right? When we're talking about um, ride sharing and technology, um, the question becomes, if you don't have to touch the wheel, what would you Do. be doing, right? So before we jump into that, um, another thing that I wanted to share really quick was the fact that it's not just going to be, you know, okay, drive car, here's the location kind of thing. No. Um, <clears throat> or at least not at first, right? the way that that we'd be transitioning into it is that we have there's going to be different levels of of self automation and there's going to be different modes as well um so the very first wave of of autonomous vehicles this is this is what we're going to be looking at right where level zero is you're driving the car there's no you know machine no assistance uh, no no assistance right all the way to like level five where the machine is handling absolutely everything, you know, recommending uh, spots to stop off for lunch and taking you there sort oh. of thing. That's like full, full automation um, communicating with um, with other with other little robots to do all sorts of things. Right? I feel like mm. it's kind of like reminds me of Waze, you know, how Waze will tell you where there's a police officer, where the nearest like place to eat is, where the nearest um, gas station is. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of emerging that technology there, right. where it's like giving you notifications while you're talking driving, so that you're like know what's going on around you, and you can make informed decisions that way. Exactly. <laughs> oh so snap! Okay, okay, you're blowing so, our minds. <laughs> so I actually uh, <laughs> pulled up the different levels here. So we have level zero, which is no automation. Level one, which is driver assistance. Uh, level two, which is partial automation. Um, the difference between that and driver assistance, right? So driver assistance, uh, the vehicle assists with features like adaptive cruise control, uh, which can slow down the car according to traffic, um, or lane keep assist, uh, which keeps the car inside the highway lanes, Um but even, you know, at that level, like the driver has to be in control, uh, whereas opposed to for partial automation, uh, the car can help control the speed and the steering um, and also help with like the spacing in between cars, which, my God, in Miami, <laughs> please help That'd some of these people with that. They're a little reckless out there. <laughs> um, then you have um, level three, which is conditional automation. Um so the vehicles can operate themselves under ideal conditions, um, but you know the driver should still probably be there and aware. Um, we have level four, which is high automation, and level five, which is full automation. Um, so the reason why these are important and and the different modes are are important is because with um, with your hands off the wheel. There's a couple other industries that are also going to be um, affected. So the entertainment uh, industry, right? We're talking about like different subscriptions. So you're probably going to be Netflixing a lot more while you're on the road. This is crazy. How is this uh, gonna gonna factor into the cost, right? 
um, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be able to. If yeah. you're feeling a little like overwhelmed at this moment, it's okay. Where right. we are too, like, <laughs> we're yes. in here like Ooh. it's just kind of like okay, why we're just becoming so reliant on technology, yes, right. and we're shifting so far away from our human element. Mm-hmm. How are we going to interact? Like Subs was mentioning, the accessibility and inclusion aspect of it in the future. Our kids is kids. How are they gonna <laughs> interact? with um you know people in the country who don't have this technology or it's not accessible and is it going to make us more i don't know is it going to take us farther apart from one another or bring us closer together more detached or Or start working like more in yourself so like something that for example i was thinking when brian you know was discussing about the different levels of automation and what you just said rachel so one thing realistically speaking regardless of what a lot of us think right now this is something that it's already happening yes right it's not like oh so if if we say this it's gonna change no this is actually a given fact there are a lot of cars um like little bosses that they're actually working on the self-driving technology and so one question that came and that i would actually like to share with all of us right now is so with the given situation that we are actually going to get in a car, whether it is ours, whether we're paying a subscription monthly based something like we're just going to get in a car and we're not going to have to like actually drive. So what would you actually do? Right. Are you going to dedicate that time to watch movies? Are you going to dedicate that time to advance in your work stuff? Are you going to take some time to meditate? Because I really feel that these are questions that all of these big companies are thinking on right now so that way they can create the, the, the transportation of the future. What are people going to do when they don't have to drive a car? Mm-hmm. You know, And again, I feel like that is up to us if we want to use the benefit of it responsibly mm-hmm. you know right. am i gonna be like just on my phone scrolling up on instagram we're already doing from that. place <laughs> to place exactly yeah it's like we're already doing that well can i ask you Nyonis, yes what would you do if you didn't have to touch the wheel oh my goodness so i actually thought about this before and so if we are moving towards like this super futuristic version of the transportation industry um, what I would do is I would create a car that by the minute that I touch the car, the car would actually sense how is my energetic state, meaning that it's going to measure my aura. Mm. And so let's say if my aura, it's sort of like unbalanced, then I would create a car where I go inside of the car and the car is actually going to help my wellness. Oh, I don't know. Blanquita, the name of the car operating system. What? It's going to tell me. What the hell? <laughs> Okay, little white car. Like so, Blanquita will be like, "Oh, we noticed that um, you are imbalanced in this kind of way of your body. We have this sort of like music. Mm -hmm. We have this color. We have this scent that's gonna help your state of mind at the moment. Because if I'm not gonna be driving, I'll be like, okay, this will be like my mobile wellness meditation center, something like that. So that's what I would do. That's dope. Wow. <laughs> you blew us out the water. I don't think we can answer that question now. Like, yeah. I have more questions. <laughs> I was going to say nude yoga. Okay. Okay. I hope there are no cameras inside of the car. They better be real tinted windows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll be doing my stretches in my car. To to all of our. (laughs) (laughs) Why nude? To all of our our listeners, um, you you couldn't see it, but Sebas's mouth dropped. (laughs) His jaw just dropped (laughs) wide open when I said nude yoga. (laughs) Make it everybody else's problem. You know what I mean? I'm going to definitely mention, too, though, because <laughs> Rachel did add something that was actually very important. And there is information out there, but does not mean that it is applicable to everyone, meaning right. Gen Pub. So she was asking, OK, like, what's the whole point of this whole self-driving car thing? And clearly we've been sitting on this topic for a minute because it really is like a big pivotal part of 
how we we may or may not get around. Um, and some of the things, which is interesting that you say this, because in the testing phase, I'm realizing that it's not looking too shabby, but this is some of the benefits they're saying mm. um, self-driving cars are bringing to the table. It would help with traffic delays. So cities like this or L.A. or Atlanta that are super backed up, New York, um, it's also supposed to help with traffic collisions. Yeah. That's been a little shabby at the moment because in the testing phase, there has been accidents due to some sort of autonomous feature in a car taking um, over taking over and then that robot's freaking out therefore that car ended up crashing and hitting a few cars um another thing is the we are in a time where we technology is such an exciting thing so there's a lot of new things that are coming out and um different uh industries such as shipping transportation in general emergency transportation there are a lot of like new applications and new features these industries will find enticing and helpful in ways so those are some of the things to keep in mind in terms of like the pros but they also are there are cons underlined here that you know at least this source that i'm looking at which is landmark dividend um is highlighting but they're not really touching on those cons but we already are kind of aware of what those things are just from what i've just mentioned it's like okay accidents are happening because these are robots that are taking over and you and taking us around um so that's something i really wanted to just give you some peace of mind like okay this is where just something to keep in mind in terms of where people are thinking and who are developing these um, new technologies and why um, it's supposed to be helpful. Right. I appreciate that, Tammy. <laughs> Actually, one of the industries that I had mentioned um, being disrupted is the auto insurance industry, right? So not about 90% of accidents are, uh, you know, drawn up to be human, human error, related, yeah. you know? Um, so as we go from uh, from self-driving uh, or from you know vehicles as we know them to self-driving cars, um, also the human error is going to shift. So so will who's carrying the insurance, right? So the burden for carrying insurance is going to shift from the individual to the fleet owners. Right. Mm. And or the manufacturers, depending on on the company. Right. So earlier I had mentioned, um, especially with large companies, that it's all about like owning a fleet. Right. So right now we're 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 beating Europe on on that front. Um, about 95 percent of the money that is in the industry of. Uh, you know, autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, about 95% of that um, is divided between the U.S. and China, actually. Mm. Um, okay, getting a little political here. You know, let's, but it's real. I'm trying to talk all the politics, but it is um, significant to say because... Um, as as the insurance carries over to the to the manufacturers and to these uh, fleet owners, then again that's gonna go a long way towards the gen pub, in terms of affordability and stuff like that. The current rates for insurance can be pretty crazy high, you know. Um, so. I think that Rachel wanted to share a little bit, shed some light on, yeah, you on did, what that looks like. You did a really good job in sort of covering how that's going to shift that industry. Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting to think about the ripple effects in these technological changes that are happening in our lives and how it's just going to shift everything because it's happening so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if all these industries and just us as people are really going to be able to keep up with all the changes. So it's interesting to think about that. Um, so the very first pedestrian fatality to a driverless car was in 2019 in Arizona. It was an Uber-operated driverless car. Uh, they were actually doing testing at the time, and there was a person who was there sort of as an emergency backup should anything happen. And it was at 10 o'clock at night. There was a lady crossing the street. And unfortunately, um, the car did not notice her or the technology was sense. not implemented correctly for it to stop at all. It didn't break. 
Um, so she was, um, she was killed by the car. And it's interesting how that case in particular was handled in terms of the liability and who was held liable because it wasn't Uber. Uber was not held liable for that happening. It was not. It was not. And actually, Mm -hmm. Uber had deactivated an emergency braking feature in the car, which it had, which would have potentially um, prevented that from happening. And that was due to cost savings in the uh, testing phase. Really? Better not be cheap testing this technology, y'all. Now we want to be cheap. It's our life here that we're talking about. And you know what's really interesting? (laughs) They the the one that they held liable um, for this was the girl who was in the car. They're probably paying this girl like I don't know, eight dollars an hour, something ridiculous. Like she's just there as. To I keep watch. I, who knows what the situation was. That's so sad. But they actually were going to charge her with manslaughter. Can you imagine? So That's a big deal. So sectors. it's just thinking mm. about, okay, how are we going to deal with something happening um, like this in the future? We have to really right. shift our laws and regulations. Yep. And that's one of the things since um, insurance prices are partially based off of... Um, accident rates yes um the more we eliminate human error and those accidents start to decline then so will the prices for insurance in general um those rates will start to go down so in that situation as unfortunate as it is to say um the price point probably didn't match um you know what it would be in the future in terms of liability and who knows? Like, like, like I said, we, we don't really know we're the, not the lawyers, full situation. But we're, <laughs> we're just here thinking about it because, you know, it could be a little effed up if we don't. Nobody. The more you ask these questions, yes. honestly, the better, because people who just allow things to happen and just don't ask questions. That's when we get in trouble. So right. we need to be asking these questions more and more and more and get more involved as a society, because yes. that's actually how we're going to make a difference in our future as the main users. I definitely want to mention something. As promised, we did say we were going to dabble in public transportation very briefly. The reason why I'm mentioning it now is because we're actually bringing up how we have a play in this. So city officials, we did highlight Miami um, being a space where public transportation is lacking. Now, to put things into perspective, public transportation is extremely sustainable and very helpful in terms of minimizing how many people are on the road, how many crashes are happening, mm-hmm. and also um, how we're affecting our climate and our environment. Okay, Electric buses are a thing now, so we don't have to operate them on gas. Yes, this is an extra cost, but we are paying tax dollars. So it's very interesting to see how these leaders in our city are making decisions that are either helping us or hurting us. So, for example, Brightline, I felt like was an effort to try to remedy and bring something new to Miami and exciting, quote unquote. Mm. But I feel like that was a a part of public transportation that really wasn't helping. Mind you, this is not a public. It's a private company that started Brightline. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. And it's not something necessarily that um, our, you know, government leaders were... Uh, I want to say I don't want to say they weren't involved in it because I definitely feel like they were in order for it. Yeah, they have to get permits. They have to do all that. But in terms of like who's owning what, it was a private company. Now, something to keep in mind is that there are three huge benefits to public transportation. So as we're moving into the future, I think that cities like this really should take public transportation more seriously and implement it very intentionally. Three things. One, it helps with economic development, which is a huge advantage to not only, you know, people who have the money in their pockets to make certain decisions, but just everyone. As an economy, everyone is going to be able to benefit this from this. Promoting sustainable lifestyles. So gr- more green living, being more mindful of okay, how much gas am I using, how many miles am I using. That you don't have to worry about that so much because you have quality public transportation to get you around um, to and from where you need to go. And the three thing is providing higher quality of life. Now, I did want to mention one thing tied to this, which is tourism. Miami is very big on tourism. We bring a lot of people here. Now, one thing that I don't know 
I'm really trying to better understand why um, city officials here are not really taking public transportation seriously and upping the ante at a faster rate. I feel like their decision making is very focused on other things, which is very interesting to me, considering that I grew up in big cities, um, major cities that have quality transportation to get around. I didn't need to get a car until I moved here. And I lived in New York and in Seattle. So hotels and cities, this is um, from the American Public Transportation Association, just so you all are aware of the source. Hotels and cities with direct rail access to airports raise 11% more revenue per room than hotels in those cities without. So just looking at tourism alone, this is going to help us. It's going to bring more people here. Businesses are going to grow, and we're going to be sustainable. Huge benefit. Another thing to keep in mind is that public transportation is a $71 billion, uh, $71 billion industry that employs more than 430,000 people. So there's more jobs involved in this. More people are going to have work right. just because we're implementing public transportation and upping it, making that more accessible to people here. Millennials consider public transportation as the best options for digital socializing Digital socializing, meaning talking to each other, communicating with each other. Also, we are going to have our phones and laptops, but at least we're going to be around each other more. We're kind of forced to do that because we are sitting with these people that we don't know. So we may be working on something while we're on the bus or on a train, but at least now I have a peer or someone next to me that I can choose to have a conversation with alongside that. So our generation is definitely a big part in these um how we're being affected and moving in the future. And also we feel like it's the best for connecting with communities. Putting that into perspective, because I feel like Miami really has some growing to do when it comes to public transportation, and it really is a huge benefit. So I would love to understand why there's pushback and why that that's not happening. Dropping the mic. Damn. Just so y'all know. <laughs> this is a really, really um, deep topic indeed, and I feel like our curiosity and like we're just like here questioning like we what's gonna so happen with our lives. And I feel like it's time to transition. Yes. Why don't we actually ask someone <laughs> that knows what's up? So <laughs> you answer all the questions. That, right. It's like you, we're just letting you know that um we're here with a very challenging questions. Kidding. No, but I feel like his input would definitely help us bring some clarity yes. and also some new perspectives into like what's actually happening with the transportation industry. So stay tuned. We're going to introduce you to KQ. Yay. Kidding, with you. <laughs> that was a very Miami, if you guys get it. That was real Miami. We promise his name is Q. We'll be back. K-Y-U. We'll be right back. Like what you just heard? If you would like your business or platform to be mentioned on our podcast, we now have sponsorship options available. Email us at podcast at thelamiami.com for a spot on the Big Idea Box. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the Big Idea Box podcast. And remember, always share with a friend. Stay connected and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Big Idea Box.